wait, wrong song. Do it again. Here we go. <laughs> this is a joke of that. Yeah. everyone, it's Joe Batanz here. I'm with uh, my pal Larry Flick, Sirius XM Radio's Larry Flick. Uh, we're talking about uh, the Alyssa Edwards Netflix show Dancing Queen. We're going to recap episodes three and four. And he and I have just been laughing because I played the wrong song. I played If I Dream. I might just keep that in. How are you doing, Larry Flick? <laughs> I'm really good. You know, I love the fact that I, I you know, I got my, my laptop set up. Yeah. I have this really... You know, spiffy uh, microphone. Sure. And here I am on my phone. <laughs> that's the way. That's the way it works. You know, you have to be able to uh, work on the fly because yeah, we are minor technical networking issues. Someone in the, in the someone in the chat room uh, already just... yelled at me. Was like, Joe, it's not headphones. It's networking issues. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, don't even know what I'm doing. Scott Groot. Oh, no, I'm going to talk to the chat room. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not doing that. Larry Flick, how are you doing, my friend? It's it's uh, you and I really talk all good. the time. You and I talk all the time, but people have not gotten to hear us talk to each other since the end of season ten of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, how are you? I know I'm good. I'm really good. Actually, I'm better now than I've been in a really long time. So. Yeah, and, and I want to talk about you're catching that. me. You're catching me on a good day. Yeah, yeah, I want I want to talk about that because everyone should know. Because you know, this guy in the chat room, Scott Gruder, he said we miss you on EW Radio, and I want everyone to know, Larry Flick is yes. still at Sirius XM Radio. Oh right? yeah, I'm, I'm I'm actually working more now mm-hmm. than when I was on EW Radio. You know what? You know what? You're, I'll tell you what. You're right. You know how everyone should know he's right. Like. When Larry was on EW Radio, he and I would be whiling away the hours just chit-chatting. He'd be like, I mean, what are you going to do? He's like, uh, all right, I got to go. I got to go interview uh, Jane Fonda. I'm like, wait, what? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, but now it's like, I'm like, Larry, emergency. You're like, I'm in a meeting. I'm doing things. And so now yeah, you are busier. I am busier because um, I am uh, <clears throat> doing something that they've never done as Sirius XM before, I'm the first guy to have an exclusive digital show. Uh, you can hear it on demand mm-hmm. via this, uh, or you can listen to it on like, if you have your speaker connected or I don't even know what that is, but that's, they tell me I'm on speakers and uh, on the app on the series. It's, it's intended to kind of let people know that you don't have to tune into a radio station, pick a time. Most people listen when they're in the mood to listen. Yeah, no, no, no. I and have so, that app. I have that app. I love that app. Yeah, it's a great app. But but the thing is, we're kind of trying now to get people a little bit more excited about what the app can do for you, like give you original, exclusive content. So I have an interview show. It's a brand new interview, uh, five days a week. Uh, it's called In Depth, and it's everybody from you know the biggest stars. To Joe to the little baby artist to <laughs> drag queens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, mean, is, actually, it is, it is uh, funny. There's a really – what? It is funny because, yeah, if one day you'll be like literally interviewing like, oh, today I'm interviewing, um, you know, Bradley Cooper. And then the next day is like, I'm interviewing the girl from uh, Big World, Little World. Or what's the one with the midget and the girl who killed somebody? <laughs> I haven't gotten her yet, but 
Like this week, for example, yeah, uh, we had a. Uh, I had talked to Charlie Cox from the Netflix show Daredevil. Yeah, uh, David Tennant, who uh, was in Broadchurch and Doctor Who. Yeah, I talked to the new Doctor Who last week. Yeah, and then two days ago, I talked to Sher- uh, Sharon Needles, the season four oh, winner of Drag Race. Oh, really? How did that go? It was super good because she doesn't do interviews anymore. Oh, she doesn't? So No, she doesn't do interviews anymore. Um, <clears throat> so she uh, came up and we had an exclusive 45 minutes together. Mm-hmm. And she spilled, you know, some tea about, you know, well, she kind of hinted that she may be involved mm-hmm. in All Stars 4. Oh. Because she said, wait until you see what's going on. And I'm like, well, what do you know? And she goes, I signed you know, an NDA, which means she's somehow involved with All-Stars 4. Interesting. Um, she said that she would, you know, talked about whether or not she would do an All-Stars herself, uh, talked about really like what she thinks drag is all about these days. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really, it was very kind of like deep and reflective and a little bit of information about where she's headed next, and and, and, uh, and people can hear this now, or they they're coming. Yeah, out. so it's a, it's a, it's actually um, anybody who wants to get a if you follow me on Twitter or Facebook, I post a free link to the interview uh, interviews every day, so you can listen for free. Oh, okay, uh, there and, you go. Yeah, I mean, all you gotta do is put the app on your phone to listen to it for free. Um, oh. So just look, at, just scroll through my social media at Larry Flick on Twitter or Facebook, and the link is right there, and you can listen for free. It's there right now. Well, everyone should know. Everyone should go. Well, don't don't do that right now. But don't everyone do right now. don't do it right now. But when we're done, everyone you should you should promote that more, Larry. That it's free. Um, that they yeah, should it's go. Free. Everyone should go listen because you've you've interviewed also recently. Just like you said Sharon Needles, but also Shangela. Shangela, if you're, if, you're, if you're a Drag race, race fan, there are three Drag Race-related interviews. There's Shangela, uh, uh, who, talk, who actually gives the tea on what she would have done had she made it to the final lip sync. And I tell you, if she had, no matter who she lip synced against, mm-hmm. she would have won. Interesting. I want to hear what that is. She would have won. Okay. Um, there's no question in my mind she would have won, no matter who. Mm-hmm. Who she sang against, she would have won. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also an interview with Aquaria. <gasps> Current reigning. Current reigning. Oh, Aquaria. Reigning, yeah. And how was that interview? Who's... It was good. She's, you know, she's not the most articulate queen, but she's a lovely queen. Well, you know, she's a kid. Yeah, she's a kid. Yeah. You can't blame. You can't. There's no shade in that. She's a kid. And, and the interview, that was actually one of the first interviews I did mm-hmm. for this new show. And can I tell you, sure. and this is something that makes me really happy, mm-hmm. uh, the Aquaria interview is the most listened to interview of the show so far. Really? Yes. Even though she can't talk? Even though she can't talk. More people listen to my interview with Aquaria uh-huh. than listen to interviews with Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah. With, I mean, with like Josh Groban. Oh, wow. With, I mean, with like really big stars. More people were interested in Aquaria. And just the funny thing is the people I work for were like, we're questioning whether or not it was something because you know we were just we're launching we're trying to go mm-hmm. big and splashy with big names and yeah and they were like is this a big enough name is this something is this a mass appeal idea and I said 
you know, drag, first of all, drag is massive field now. Yeah. Drag race is the, you know, is, is a bell ringer. Mm-hmm. You just whisper it in the wind and people start coming. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, people proved me right because we didn't even really promote it. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, posted the link on social media and people lost their shit. The great thing is that Aquaria has also been very supportive of the show. So, oh, that's nice of her. So she, so she went on social media as well. Um, so yeah, the drag, the drag girls are really, you know, we're going to be, and we're going to be doing more. I have an IOU for an interview with Adora Delano coming mm-hmm. up. Uh, Alaska is going to is going to do the new show, um, and I think we're going to have Shea Coulee. Oh next wow! Week. Well, you you know what? I want to bring something up. Something you told me. And I wanted you to tell this story on the air about when okay. you, after you did, I, I think it was after you did the interview with Aquaria, you went out and did, she went in front of like the step and repeat, right? To do some pictures. Yes. <laughs> and what, tell them what happened. Well, okay. So actually it was right before we did the interview. Okay. Uh, we were waiting, we were waiting for Aquaria because she um, was coming from a photo shoot for Vogue. Mm-hmm. If you can believe it, right? Amazing. Yeah. And while we were waiting for her, Sean Spicer, the former press agent, you know, press rep for the president, was also there doing an interview. And um, <clears throat> just as Aquarius was coming out of the ladies' room in full face, <laughs> in actually she was wearing she was wearing her her entrance outfit, yeah. the outfit she wore on episode one of season ten. Um, she walked right past him. Mm-hmm. And he thought she was a woman. Oh, he did. He, well, he said, uh, um, after you, ma'am. <gasps> no. <laughs> yes, he did. And, uh, and she said, well, thank you. And she started singing Spice Up Your Life. And they were taking photos at two separate step and repeats, mm-hmm. less than five feet from each other. And she was blowing him kisses. And he looked at her and smiled a couple times. He thought she was, uh, you know, a bio woman. Well, she is. She's was, a biological woman. Yeah. <laughs> but Aquarius is actually very tall in person. Well, she also wears big shoes. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was just really interesting um, because she said the most exciting thing she's, that happened to her that day was coming to SiriusXM to do her first radio interview mm-hmm. and walking right past Sean Spicer and having him think she was a woman and then she sang spice up your life the spice girls song oh uh, look <laughs> you're lucky i want i want her to sing spice up your life to me but let me ask you this Larry. <laughs> we just did you know i'm always giving you guys an insight into what larry and i talk about we, um on our show we just did uh the top 10 lip syncs of all time yes i don't know if you yes, listened to that episode i, I loved it i listened to it i you know, agree and disagree with okay. what I heard. And that's what I want to get to. Because I remember you and I had a private conversation before you. Yes, listened. and I was like, what's wrong with that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was one in particular. I was like, they're not lip syncing. They're crying. It oh, that's right. Raven and Jujubee. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to put you on the spot with like the top ten. But just off the top of your head, what are some memorable lip syncs? <sighs> well, I have to say that, you know, it's, it's, it's appropriate that we're talking about this as right before we uh, – uh, Recap Alyssa's Netflix show mm-hmm. because I think that she is the true reigning queen lip sync assassin of RuPaul's Drag Race in the history of the show. Most of my favorite lip syncs 
our, our lip sync that she was involved in. So that okay. I'll say, like, my favorite, favorite is Shut Up and Drive with her and Tati. And I think it's, it was a combination of two queens that really clearly respected each other. Mm-hmm. They respected each other's game. They had very interesting, similar looks. And they were clearly clocking each other out of the corners of their eye. Yeah. And dancing to compliment. Mm-hmm. So that it looked like a fully choreographed sequence of dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes it the best ever lip sync for me. Uh, I mean, you can't, you can't not mention, you know, the iconic, you know, wig reveal with the roses and Sasha Valor because yeah. it's, it's, not, it's, it's basically set the bar for all queens to try to match. And no one, I don't think anyone will. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's one of the best. Uh, another another of my favorite Alyssa lip syncs is actually the one she lost, but I think she should have won, which was the showdown between her and Coco Montrese. There was great intensity. Mm-hmm. It had uh, it had drama. It had you know they were again well matched, and I think that they had grudging respect for each other in that performance. And mm-hmm. I thought they were I thought they were both phenomenal, but I do think Alyssa won that lip sync. Um, you know, anytime I see uh, Latrice Royale perform, mm-hmm. I'm there. You know, I really love Natural Woman, but that was that was kind of like you know, kind of like a bear eating you know a, a, a morsel. Yeah. I was really more moved by Latrice's uh, Gladys Knight "Use My Imagination" lip sync, oh. where she where she moved and the wig was flying and. She was kind of giving you like old school R and B diva truth on that stage. There was no question, yeah, that she was going to win that lip sync. She was phenomenal, um, and, I, and I think the showdown. Be, see, I like a good showdown. Yeah. So, like you know, the Fifi Sharon Needle showdown for Weather Girls. Okay. Just beyond, beyond. And you know that's a photo finish. I don't know. I don't know who would have won. It changes for me every time I watch it. Yeah, everyone should know who listening. If you don't remember uh, that, they, no one went home because Willem was disqualified on that episode. Right, but that was you know that was one of the great lip syncs. Mm-hmm. One of the absolute great lip syncs. And wh- I think also the showdown between Alaska and Katya on. Um, oh yeah. Oh, it's so, uh, Alaska calling you. Oh, it's just. Uh, it's just. Sorry, my land. I don't. I still have a landline to let people in the building. Oh, is someone trying to go yeah. in your building? But I don't ever use it. Yeah. Uh, now let so me they, ask you yeah, this sorry question. About that. No, don't don't be don't be sorry. Look, people people have phones. People know phones exist. It's not like we live in a. They they know you're at home. <laughs> now let me ask you this question. Now, you know, I brought to the table songs that I thought should be lip syncs, and were mm-hmm. there any that when you listened to that where you're like. Uh, oh, you know what? Sh- what should have been a lip sync? What it could have shut up? What would be? They'd be like two or three songs that you would have had a little lip sync. Um, I'm still waiting for him to do Last Dance. Okay, yeah, Donna Summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still waiting for a great Barbara Streisand song like Prisoner from Eyes of Laura Mars. Wow, that's wow! That's, you just went. Wouldn't that be good? I don't even know what that is. Yeah, that's like a, prisoners. It's it'd be it's it's from Eyes of Laura Mars, and it's called the song's called Prisoner. It's a dramatic power ballad 
that you could just uh, that it would be high drag. If you've never heard that song before, anyone listening, if you've never heard that song before, <clears throat> go to Spotify or wherever you stream music, listen to it. It is it's high drag. It's high drag, and I would kill to see a Latrice Alyssa showdown to that song. Well, I'm trying to find the album Eyes. The name of the album is Eyes of Laura Mars. Yeah, it's a soundtrack to a movie from the '70s. Oh my god! And the the, the chorus line is, "I'm I'm like a prisoner captured, trapped by your eyes." You know, I've been taken and I've been hypnotized. It's really like, you know, it's very arch and dramatic. It's like it's. It's not a, uh, a flip and dip, split kind of song. Mm-hmm. It's more like, what would you do with it? Like, Bibi uh, would, would slay mm-hmm. that song because Bibi is like the master of still drag. Do you know what I mean? She mm-hmm. doesn't move a lot. She would slay that song. Um, I would give anything to see a really fierce showdown to that song. Between um, Bibi versus who, though? What? BB versus who? Maybe BB versus Raven. Okay, here we go. Because Raven would kill it too. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll get get two like two divas who know how to like work the face, work the mug. Hmm. Did you find it? I did. It's not on Spotify though. I had to go to YouTube for this. Okay. Oh, it's a dramatic song. Wait till you get to the chorus. I'm gonna wait till But you're the only one I trust to. Oh, I'm getting my Long Island uh, Show me the way housewife realness right now. I always hear your voice. Wow. And in my dreams I hear you calling my name. Oh my god. <laughs> Is it about you? Some kind of light shines from your face. And I can't turn away. That makes me want to wear a muumu, like a muumu, and like. Oh my god! I just, I just got my life listening to that. I mean, you have to first of all, you have to be a seasoned queen to pull that off. Like, that's a Sasha Valore song. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a Juju B song. A BB, a Raven. You need to have some some miles, you know, on your back in order to do that. But that, to me, would be a lip sync for the ages. Wow! You take like one of the great, the great gay icons in all of history. Mm-hmm. You take one of her most melodramatic songs. You take two hugely seasoned, gorgeous queens, 
and it becomes it becomes a historical moment. This is a historical moment in my life right now. Now, let me tell you this, Larry. <laughs> let's talk about Dancing Queen. Okay. <laughs> this, this Netflix show, all right? I like this show. I feel like I'm a prisoner of the show. I like this show a lot. I know. You don't like this show. I'm ambivalent about the show. You hate this show. I don't hate the show. I put it on the phone. I'm going to I'm gonna out you. You're... you're you hate this show. No, there are a lot of things I do not like about this show. You're right. But there are things <laughs> that I like-ish about this show. No, okay. <laughs> Is so, that sort of like blackish? It's like blackish. It's likeish. <laughs> but let me ask you this. It's, let me ask you this question. What do you like okay. about this show? What do you love about this show? Um, I like um it's a very hopeful show. Okay. I like that. Um, I'm not going to lie. I don't know that I would watch this show if it were not an Alyssa Edwards show. All right. I am like a hardcore Alyssa stan. Okay. Um, and I like having the chance to see Alyssa as Justin. Because mm-hmm. there is a difference between the two. And you get to see a little bit of that. Um, I just... I mean, they're, they're actually... I've watched it a second time, mm-hmm. getting ready for today. Yeah. And I found myself wincing at things that I found myself not liking on a second viewing. Okay. But and I and I know that if I were invited to give them notes, mm-hmm. how it, how I would change the second season. Mm-hmm. But I like I like the positivity of it all. I like the fact that ultimately Alyssa is clearly a good egg. Do you, and I like that. Do you, how do you feel about uh, the confessionals with Alyssa? And then she's referring to things that happen, but almost as if Justin's another person. Um, it's a little weird at first. Okay. I think it takes a minute to kind of, it took me the first episode to figure out that, oh, we're going to get the, the truth of what was happening from Justin in confessionals. Mm-hmm. And then we were going to get this kind of like Alyssa Edwards as this like, Fairy, uh, fairy godmother, wisp, you know, floating around, giving her take on things and kind of playing it for laughs, but also maybe saying what he could not say. Yeah, you know, like every once in a while, she throws in some real arrogance that you know he's feeling, mm-hmm. but that you don't think he would ever get away with saying. Um, but because she knows, like a good drag queen, she knows how to deliver it with a likable wink. Mm-hmm. You get you get you get the you get the attitude, but you also get the clownishness. It took me a minute to get used to it. It's a little odd, but <clears throat> but I liked it. You know what it is? I feel like it's tr- like I've I've always said this, and I still feel this. That Alyssa Edwards is great TV, but it's almost yes. like you know. And I know this is a show. It's a, it's a it's a show that's supposed to be dance monkey dance. But there's something about like the putting Alyssa Edwards in a chair and saying, "Okay, they'll say funny things." And that's just not. I don't. I feel the funniest things that Justin slash Alyssa Edwards has ever said is when she's in the moment and not thinking she's being funny. You know. Right. And so forcing. I don't think Alyssa aware of herself, meta Alyssa, is very funny or interesting. Um, no, I mean, the funny thing about Alyssa, having gotten to know, I mean, I've gotten to know Justin a little bit over the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
the thing about Justin is he doesn't know that either he or Alyssa are funny. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't know. He's just he's not he's he's a clever person. He's not a smart person. Yeah. And and I think the show reveals that. But here's the thing that I got while I was watching the show a second time. Okay. And what I ultimately what I forgave the parts that made me wince because I know a lot about the history behind the scenes of the show. Mm-hmm. Um They've been trying to sell a show. They, I mean, World of Wonder, the production company for the mm-hmm. show. Yeah. They have been shopping a show about Beyond Belief mm-hmm. since the end of season five. Mm-hmm. They've been shopping. There are, if you, go on, if you go on YouTube, there are about a half dozen sizzle reels of different versions of what this show Oh really? Ultimately, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've this this is a, this is an idea that they have been cultivating for years, and the original version mm-hmm. of the show did not include Alyssa Edwards. Mm-hmm. Alyssa's there because without Alyssa, there's no show. There's no interest. There's no purchase of the show. Yeah, clearly. You know, they were like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna sign our blood with the devil, <laughs> and 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 we're gonna give them what they need, mm-hmm. which is this drag queen." Yeah, the original version of the show, it was actually a little bit more interesting than what they've actually put on the air, which was what happens when a gay guy opens up a dance studio in a very conservative part of Texas. Well, I talked about this in the first episode. They don't show that side from what I've seen so far. I've seen the first six episodes. From what I've seen, they don't really yeah. show that side. I would think you, you would, in fact, even think that Mississippi, no, Texas was just only gay men and uh, dance moms. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's – that's the, – the original version of the show was really how does this very funny gay guy – Mm-hmm. Survive in Mesquite, Texas, which is a super conservative town. Yeah, and and how does he make these hyper conservative Christian God fearing women mm-hmm. trust him with their babies? Yeah, and a lot of the original version of the show, which was originally called Beyond Belief, mm-hmm. focused on him with the children. Okay. And less on him with the older dancers. And clearly, that's too frightening and too dangerous. Oh, you know, yeah, it, presses, right. it presses a lot of weird buttons in America mm-hmm. to have this very camp queen flitting around with a bunch of little girls and little boys in tutus. It's a little too on the nose, and it's a little too frightening. You know what? You're someone, right. Because... Someone said, someone said, okay. we have this moneymaker in this drag queen. Mm -hmm. So we're going to build a show that she has to be a part of, whether whether Justin or anybody else wants her to be. Justin didn't want Alyssa on the show. Mm -hmm. No one wanted Alyssa on the show. That's how they sold it, though. Ultimately, Netflix came to the table because Netflix wanted to be in business with Alyssa Edwards. Because Netflix as a company mm-hmm. is in the drag race business because Netflix is the provider of drag race outside of America. Yeah. Now, 
I was going to say, it's so funny you say that, because now I think about it, again, this is only the first six episodes. But <sighs> Justin's, yeah. Justin's time with the mini elite team is very limited. He was usually through Marcella or, like, Dawn. Um, right. But, like, he, he does deal with them a little bit, mostly with the parents, and you only see him, like, it's always, like, in a room. It's like you never see him one-on-one with the kids. You're right. But Correct. Now, let's Correct. actually get into episode three here. It, when it opens up, the moms are, are arguing with Marcella. Okay, because right. the moms think that the girls are. I don't think that the moms think that they're ready for Los Angeles, but like they're like, "Bitch, get them ready for Los Angeles," and that sh- Marcel should be able right. to do cleanup. And um, Marcel, Marcel is telling them the kids just aren't ready. Um, what did you think of this whole scene where the moms and Marcel are kind of going at it, whether they should be there? Go, I mean, not be there, but whether they should be going to Los Angeles and and whatnot. What did you think of that? I thought it was. Classic reality television. It was a little. It was a little on the nose. I thought nobody's saying what they're really thinking, mm-hmm. which is, "Who is this plastic tit whore <laughs> telling my kids that they can't dance?" Yeah, I think. The, I think the uns. There are a lot of things that are not said in this show. Mm-hmm. What's not said in that moment is. I don't want that whore near my kids. Yeah. And I think that in that moment, that's what they're reacting to. Mm-hmm. They were like, we're getting this, we're getting this painted up. You know, they, they're not looking at her like, they're looking at, she's like the woman who steals their husbands. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Right? So, right. They're, so they're responding to her like that. They're responding mm-hmm. to her physicality. Mm-hmm. No one's saying that, but if yeah. you watch the scenes, they're responding to her body. They're responding to her tone. They're responding to, you know, she's not behaving any different than they're behaving. Yeah. She's just hot. Even her confessionals, she's wearing like a tube top. Yeah. You know, so they really wanted to paint the, the contrast between, you know, these kind of dowdy Texas moms mm-hmm. and what happens when a hot chick comes to a small town. And she's got a little power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But did you they're think like, Marcella? How did you think, like, get this bitch out of here? How did you think Marcella was behaving? Did you think she was right? Did you think like who do you think, in your opinion, who were, who were you siding with? I was siding with Marcella. Okay. Even though, even though I thought she was a little aggressive with the kids, mm-hmm. I, 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 it was almost like, yeah. You know, sometimes we we get into our. Um, a conspiracy theories about drag race yeah. and the producers and yeah. all of that. Mm-hmm. I feel like the producers egged her to be tough. Yeah. And I think every time she said, you're never going to get to LA, you never, they just, they were like, they, you know, the producers all got like boners. They were all like, yes, we're going to isolate every single time she says that mm-hmm. we're going to nudge one of the moms. Like, can you believe that she said that? What do you think about her saying that? Oh, and yeah. suddenly that became the point of reference for mm-hmm. the way she dealt with the kids. I've seen teachers tougher than Marcella. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the toughness that I responded to. It was what I felt like was manipulation. Well, and I felt like she—I felt like she lost the second that uh, Justin hired her. Yeah, because she was hot. You're saying I could see yeah. that. Um, okay, now let's go on to the teen and senior solo rehearsal. It's eight days until Los Angeles, and the first person we see is Kiana. And we have Angie, her mom, watching from the sidelines, and Justin's giving her notes that he wants her to focus on the passion rather than the technique. What are your thoughts at this point of Kiana and of Angie and that whole storyline? 
I thought that Kiana, I mean, I wanted to know more about how Kiana became such a basket case. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like they, I feel like they, in an effort to show the depth and the breadth of the company, mm-hmm. they lost the opportunity to tell some really interesting stories. Mm-hmm. And I think that if they had zeroed in on one or two, mm-hmm. it would have been better television and it would have been more meaningful television. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like we don't, I mean, what's wrong with this girl? The mom. We, all, we, all we know is that she craves the approval of a drag queen, yeah. right? So, but why? But why? She's a basket case for a whole bunch of other stuff and they kind of lay it at the doorstep of her not getting, of her solo. And I think it's a little, it's a little, the stuff with the kids mm-hmm. and the dancers of this show is the part that I really found doesn't play well the second time. All this dance stuff, it just feels, I just wasn't there, you know, because they wanted me to care, but they didn't give me enough reason to care. Like, why is this, why is this lone boy in mm-hmm. the teen company traveling from Oklahoma? And, you know, like, what's up with that? Why are we not addressing the fact that one of the only boy mini is clearly gay? Oh, so gay. Why are we not, why are we not dealing with that? Why are we not dealing with how the parents are dealing with that? We never see why JJ's parents, do, do we? What? what? Do, do we ever see JJ's parents? No, JJ. Yeah. Why? Wh- how, wh- why is it like for that one lone black girl, mm-hmm. Willow, to be? Yeah, mm-hmm. to be the lone black girl in Mesquite, Texas. <laughs> There's just a, there are too many holes in the story. You know, they really wanted to tell the story of the moms, but the only way they could get to the moms is with the kids, mm-hmm. and so the kids are kind of sprinkled in. And um, and as much as I really do like this overall show, mm-hmm. this is where the show fails. And that has been some you, of the reviews. Either you tell the story or you don't tell the story. Yeah, some of the reviews have focused on that. That like the show soars when it's about Justin and his family or his life. Yeah, it, the the dance mom part is sort of the weakest part of the show. Yes, um, because none of them none of them are likable. The kids are compelling, but they're all underage. So I know from like, you know, my years of doing live radio and we would try to do stuff with like young, you know, LGBTQ kids Uh that there's only so much you're allowed to do with them in a reality setting. Mm -hmm. And you can't go too far. You know, in radio, you're not even allowed to put them on the air. Oh, really? So, yeah. Why? Because it's potentially damaging because you're basically exposing their lives mm-hmm. in a way that can leave them open to ridicule, bullying, and, you know, once you say, in, and once you amplify your life into a microphone or a camera, it's there for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the rule at my company is mm-hmm. we don't put kids on the air. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's against our laws. Um, now, we see the other contestants who like for the most part is really absent from the entire show like andrea kennedy yeah. keely brooke molly but then we get to gabe now gabe yeah. lives in oklahoma city and he takes a bus every weekend right. why yeah that's the, you're right gabe is an interesting why? story because he's also clearly another mo in training you know yes but so 
why? And why, and why, you know, listen, mm-hmm. I don't mean to, to stereotype, mm-hmm. but you're going to do it. I'm going to stereotype. Yeah. And I have never met or have ever been the kind of gay man where if I see mm-hmm. a promising young gay talent, mm-hmm. that I'm not going to give them a little extra special TLC and encouragement. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm trying to lay them. Yeah. That's, that's, that ain't my, that's not my gig. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, that Justin would try to lay him. What I am saying, though, is we look out for our own. And, and we try to give them a little extra push. We mm-hmm. like to give them a little, you know, conversation, right? You know, there are interns all over the company where I work. Mm-hmm. And if, if someone kind of hits my radar and he's super talented and he's gay, I ain't going to say, oh, so you're a gay guy. Come mm-hmm. talk to me. But I will kind of like ask him how he's doing. Mm-hmm. If he has any questions about his work, mm-hmm. you know. This is a tough place to navigate. Yeah. Can you, if you ever need advice, come and talk to me. Yeah, it's just, it's just that you know, African American people do that. Women do that. Mm-hmm. We all do that. We look out for our own. It's mm-hmm. a tribal mentality, mm-hmm. and I find it significant and conspicuous that there's this minimal interaction between him and this kid. Well, yeah, and you can speaking to your point. It's by design, clearly. Clearly, because yeah. especially because this kid, unlike the little boy, is about to go out into the world. Yeah. He's essentially a young man. Yeah. And there's no conversation about, about okay, baby, you're mm-hmm. about to go out there. Here's what you need to know. Yeah. That would be, I mean, can you imagine that kind of a scene and what that kind of a scene would mean mm-hmm. to the viewers of this show and particularly the fans of this, of, of this Edwards to see Justin be not like a drag mother but like a mentor yeah to a young gay boy who's going out into the world but speaking to your point i mean look 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 at the weird um choices they make with editing the curse words out you know like some get through some don't they're they're clearly going to a demographic that it sort of reminds me and i feel like the the that's often the case. And you know what? And that speaks to RuPaul's drag race, you know, which is so funny because yes. you would think World of Wonder would understand this and they don't. Is I think what people like about RuPaul's drag race or liked, because I think some might argue it's changing, is that it was so unabashedly gay. It wasn't trying right. to play to straight people. It wasn't like, oh, come on, straight people. What is this for you too? This is like, no, this is gay. Now, some might argue that they're doing that now, but when it first started, it was very subversive. And I don't think that this show is this, – this show is trying to be gay dance moms. Yeah, uh, and to a large uh, – certainly what – excuse me, certainly what we're talking about here, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think it's a show, I think it's a show with a split personality. Yeah. And, and But, you know, here's the other thing that I only recently learned, and that is – Rue himself has a lot to say about this show. Um, I want to say about Rue in this show is like this bitch. Does she make how much money is she making from the, using her catalog and everything that she does? <laughs> licensing money, baby. I know, but it's just like That's... I know it's they don't want to spend the money on the licensing for the real songs, but it's just like every song though is like a root like. I, don't, I haven't finished watching the season. Maybe I'll finish it today because it's a rainy day. But, like, 
How many RuPaul songs are you going to cram into this show? There are a lot of them. You have a couple more before the season's over. <laughs> the thing that I find fascinating, though, yeah. is that they, you know, they, is it, I don't know if it's episode three or four. I think it's episode four. Uh, they use Geronimo. Yeah. And fascinating about that is when they pay for that song, and, you know, trust me, Ru's getting money from Netflix for that song. Yeah. They also have to pay Lucy and Piani. I know. I was thinking the same thing. For a lot of those songs, they have to play Lucian Piani. Yes. And, you know, Lucian Piani is persona non grata in the mm-hmm. world of wonder. Yeah. Actor. But that's even him. That's his voice on the record. That's him. That's Lucian's voice singing Geronimo, Geronimo, oh. they're falling down like Dominic. That's him. That's not Rue? No. Hold on, Ger- hold on, hold on. Rue sings as little as possible. On I know, records, I know we can't sing. Hold on, Geronimo. First of all, it says featuring Lucian Piani on the record. Let me put in RuPaul. There's so many fucking songs called Geronimo. All right, here we go. Geronimo, Geronimo. Oh, you're right. Please hey, believe Oh my god, you're right, it is. RuPaul doesn't come in until you hear Geronimo, Geronimo, blah 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 blah. He's only he's only kind of you know I mean Ru I think sings back up on the chorus. Uh-huh. But you know, no, <laughs> no. Rue doesn't come in for a good minute. Yeah, wow. You know? and, and that's, you know, sometimes Rue does that. You know, mm-hmm. like Cha-Cha Bitch. Yeah. They basically purchased that song and then they just, you know, added him to it. Yeah, because it, it was already a song, correct? That, that existed before. It was, a, it was already a record out in the clubs. Yeah. It was, I mean, <laughs> and listen, you know what? Do you? I ain't mad. Yeah, you know because more people heard Cha Cha Bitch because mm-hmm. Rue bought it and, mm-hmm. and added her, his voice to it at the beginning, yeah. and it's a great song. Yeah, yeah. but <clears throat> but you know they they use a lot of the Rue songs are Lucian era Rue songs, and Lucian's getting paid for that. Well, now I don't know much about him, but I I, I, I hear that he's on the mend. I don't know. We'll see. He is on the mend. Lucian, Lucian, and I are are friendly, mm-hmm. and we've uh, we've talked a bit on Instagram over mm-hmm. the last couple months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she just had her birthday last week. Okay, and um, yeah, I mean, he is. The last time I talked to him was about. Well, we talked to him. Wish him a happy birthday this week, but. Mm-hmm. Last time I talked to him, talked to him was about a month ago. Wait, wait, and- wait! Is he a <coughs> mystery person you said happy birthday to on Twitter? No, no, that was my friend Scott. Scott Piani? No, Scott Russell. This oh. is a friend of mine from back in the day. Okay. No, 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 no. My, all my conversations with Lucian, Lucian are private, okay. except what I'm telling you while you're on the air. Yeah. But um, but Lucian is. Healing to the point where he's considering making music again. Oh, oh, he hasn't, he hasn't been making music. No, no, he's been concentrating one hundred percent on his recovery. Oh, that's smart. He looks great. Mm-hmm. He sounds good. He's mm-hmm. in very heavy therapy. Yeah, good. and he's got his his meds adjusted. Oh, you know, good. It's, it, and and you know, you know, I know the trick to dealing with. 
you know, mental health issues is having the right medicine at the yeah. right dosage. You're right. You're right. And then to take it consistently. And so they finally figured it out. So he seems to be okay. Yeah. Um, and clearly making some money. <laughs> yeah. I, I, look, I would love, I've said this, you know, you ever seen this movie about a boy? Yeah. And about a boy, people who haven't seen it, is Hugh Grant's character is this bored 30-something who, or maybe yeah. even 40-something, who is living off because his father had written a hit Christmas song. And he just lives off yeah. the royalties from his father's hit song. He's depressed in the show about, movie about it. I I would, I, why didn't my fucking dad write a goddamn hit song? I would. Hello, me too. Like I, I were, Well, Julie Lennon got fucked over. But if I was this Sean Lennon, oh, well, I guess. I mean, well, he's trying. Sean Lennon tries to make music, right? Sean Lennon put out a record. He keeps putting out records. He has a single out now. That's. Just I would terrible. never put out a record. I wouldn't even look. No, at no, no. I would. I just, would just cash the check and. Uh, and yeah. No one would see my ass. Yeah, I would just so vanish. Except as I'm coming out of Lord and Taylor with my purse and my bag. Exactly. Come on now. Yeah. I, ho- no. I hope when Yoko dies, I do hope when Yoko dies that Sean does right by Julian. <laughs> I get the well, sense Julian's he will. doing okay, too. With what? Uh, Julian has song? his own money. He's made, he's made money. He do you like this Julian Lennon? Lennon? What? Do you like this Julian Lennon? You what know was who, that? Do you like this Julian Lennon? I like Julian Lennon. You know who does it right? Is I'll tell you. You're gonna think what is this Stella McCartney? I'll tell you why. Because she was like, "Man, I'm rich. I'm just gonna make purses," and then it took off. Right? I would do yeah. that. You know? Oh yeah. You're I like, mean, oh, you know, I have a purses. hobby. We all yeah. need a hobby. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I would. Oh God, I would never, never try to make music. No, I did. I would say I mean, though, Lucian has a few. He has a, he has a track on a a, a recent Sia record. Mm-hmm. And he has a track on the most recent Blondie record, mm-hmm. so he's you know he's got checks coming. Is he living you know wealthily? Probably mm-hmm. not, but you know he's probably doing about as well as you and I are doing. And he hasn't been anywhere near an office or near a job in you know two years. I'm going to tell you something though. I'm going to go back to what I was talking about before. You know who's doing it right is this Glenn Fry's kid. Did you see his singing with the Eagles? Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's kind of like it too. Like, okay, I don't have to write my. I'll just sing like my dad. Okay, that's okay too. I get to yeah. go with the Eagles and have chick suck my dick backstage. You know? Oh yeah, because they all they want is to say I've got you know Glenn Close's semen by way of his son. <laughs> you just Same DNA, Glenn. baby. How you doing? You just called him Glenn Close. Glenn Close's oh, semen. Yeah, you know what? Glenn You're right. Pride. He wants Glenn Close's <laughs> semen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just too busy thinking about the semen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> moving on with the show, Willow. Uh, Willow's the the black girl. She's watching. The, yeah. Her mom is watching from the silence, and Justin is <sighs> impressed with her. But like you said, we don't really learn much about Willow as a person. The kids are just these like, avatars. Yeah. I mean, you know, Willow is a black child with a white mama. Mm-hmm. What's the story there? Like there are she stories. A black guy. Why am I not getting these stories? I have. How does this little black child wind up with this this white mama? Mm-hmm. I mean, it may not be rele- It may not be a big story. Not everything is a big dramatic story. Mm-hmm. But again, the show is going through going to great pains. Yeah, to set the scene that this is in a conservative Texas town. The 
the source music is all of the cutaway shots are these like luxurious conservative you know white middle american kind of like you know trucking joints and Mm -hmm. diners and you know that america is still getting used to a black child with a white mama yeah that's an interesting story you can't tell me that we're, we're living in conservative mesquite, Texas, mm-hmm. and then it's every day that you have an eight-year-old boy who minces around like a drag queen. Mm-hmm. You have you know, a clearly gay mixed-race man who's who's busing in from Oklahoma. Yeah, you know, a a biracial girl. I mean, she's probably biracial. Yeah, with a white mom. Like those are that's some rich storytelling that they never get into. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm not I'm not about this dance moms thing. I think the kids are tools to get us to to get the antics from the mothers. Yeah. Well it sounds like you really they love want, this show. What? It sounds like you really love this show. Well, see you made me watch it a second time, so I started to see all the faults. Yeah. Just like when you like on certain scenes you actually do the for some reason that crazy filter doesn't work and you see like Justin like Justin actually has like like, yes, from, like, the eyebrows down, he's flawless. I've never noticed this. Eyebrows down, he's flawless. But in, I think, I think it's the brunch with his sister or something. You see, yeah. like, he has, like, almost, like, laugh lines, but at the top of his forehead. Um, probably because, you know, the you know I had Botox once, you know, 15 years ago. I don't know how long ago, right? And I noticed that, you know, here wouldn't move, right? But uh, I'm, not mm-hmm. point, I'm pointing to like, mm-hmm. right where my eyebrows are. But then at the top of my forehead, that started to, like, squeeze in. Like, I started to see my, my head move because your, your, your head just tries to compensate. And I think that could be from the Botox. Anyway, let's move on with this. Enough of these dumb kids. Justin is moving <laughs> into his giant uh, McMansion behind a gated community that cost him $335,000. I'm telling you, I talked about something in the last show. You, you live in New York City. Or you live, you, well, you yeah. live actually outside New York City, but you live in the New York area. And yeah. um, you, you couldn't even tour a house for $335,000. They won't even no. look at the sign. No. No, you couldn't even get into uh, – if you wanted to buy you – know, I, I live in a one-bedroom, uh-huh. and you couldn't get into if, – if this building was selling this apartment, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to see this apartment for for the price that he pays for that house. For the whole house in a gated community. It's, it's, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Now, obviously, because it's set up for the show, the only people that help him move into his house, which also seems sort of inappropriate, are the dance moms. I know, and he's like, "I'll give you a credit." Yeah, because they and have it's a like, move. You know, yeah. I think it's also to try to kind of like bridge the gap between the two shows because it is really two shows. Yeah, it's a show about the you know the dance, mm-hmm. and then it's a show about Justin's life. Yeah, the show about Justin's life is deeply compelling. Yeah, and that's the show I want. You know, mm-hmm. as soon as they get into his personal life, I am. Yeah. Once glued. we meet the family, yeah. Once we meet the family, it Ooh. should just be like him and the family. Now, yeah. we're going to get to them actually because so as they're moving, they discuss, the moms discuss their problems with Marcella. Yes. And uh, then they move. Tina hits the pot. Tina is, who's Tina? Whose mom is she? 
I don't know, but no, one of the moms know. named Tina, she hits the pipes with the van. She's driving the van and it hits the pipes. Now, while we're at the new house, Justin shows everyone around the new house. They plan a party. They're going to have, I think, a Halloween party. But we this is where we first get introduced, where Justin first starts talking about the family. Which, by the way, he never mentions the brother. The brother didn't get mentioned. When he talked about the family. And the, brother like, is, and the brother's blurred in all the photos. Yeah, blurred in all the photos. He'll say, I have, even when they have, later you're going to see that they all get together for dinner. He's like, um, oh, everyone, you know, all my, everyone's here. I'm like, oh, no, your brother's missing, right? But um, just, we did learn, now, I only watched this once, and I've since seen the f- sisters. He says his sister wants to move in. Which sister does he want to move in? Which which sister's the one um, that wants to move in? It's not the one with the kids. It's, um, no, it is the one with the kids. Oh, the one with the kids? He wants to move the whole family in. The oh. The one with the long hair, Tiffany. Oh, Tiffany wants, is the one that wants to move Didn't she shoot up the house or something he said? Yeah. I mean, it's it's one. It's not the sister who was on Drag Race with him. Which one is that? That's Tabitha? the one who. That's the one with the short hair. Yeah, yeah. Okay, her. Uh, so it's either the heroin addict or I don't know. It's one of those two. I, th- I keep thinking it's Tiffany. Yeah. But yeah, they want to. You'll find out later. She wants to move in, and he's like, "Oh hell no." Oh, interesting. So- yeah, 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 yeah. So then we, we, we learn that Justin's family is fucked up. And then this is where we see, okay, it's a running thing on the show, clearly, where at some point Alyssa's going to do a music video. Now, I will say I liked this music video, the Wrecking Ball video, the most yes. because it seemed yes. the most, okay, this is a music video. And then you go, okay, like we'll see in the next episode where they do the bowling one. I'm like, no, this is retarded. But I know people like it, right? I know people like the bowling ball one. But like <laughs> – I was like, uh, well, the re- <laughs> what the fuck? I like the Wrecking Ball video. First of all, I love that song. Okay, but also I like it because it it feels um, pertinent to what we're seeing. Yes, right. So it's like you know the lyrics kind of fit what we're what we're what we're experiencing in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a nice bridge to Justin's life as a drag queen. I just really like it. Whereas. The bowling sequence with Geronimo is mm-hmm. sort of like it's it's sort of like a, a an outtake from Grease Two, <laughs> right? Like you're looking for a Michelle Pfeiffer and that's yeah. Caulfield, yeah. And and it's really camp in in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it's just kind of like okay, can we? Like when I rewatched it, I fast forward because I was like, let's get back to the story. Yeah, I've seen this. It's yeah. cute. I get it. Where, give me back to this. Uh, release me from this. You know what's funny? Um, if, if I were to give notes to Netflix, I would say keep the lip syncs, but put them at the end, like during the credits or something. Like they seem to like, disrupt the storyline. They disrupt the Unless the song is about the story, it, it makes no sense. Yeah, it should open up with that music video or end with that music video. One of the two. Uh, I mean, you could see that with the Geronimo thing, they're trying to really establish as much as they can the extended non-traditional family that Justin has mm-hmm. and that they're down with him, that they support him, and that they're as much a part of Justin's life, as much a part of Alyssa's life as they are Justin's life, and that that's where the lines between drag and real life blur. I get it. Mm-hmm. It's just I didn't need it. Yeah. You know, because I wanted to, I, I wanted to get back to the action of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, because to me, the stuff with his sisters, holy moly, that's some good stuff. Yeah, 
that's real. Like I've lived that kind of shit in my life. Oh, you have? Family. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I'm, I'm a, I've been estranged from my family for almost 20 years. Oh, so you can totally relate to this. Yes. And that, and so I have a very, I had a very specific, and it was even stronger the second time I watched it, a very, very specific reaction to this mm-hmm. and a very specific reaction to what we see later on. Mm-hmm. When they all go to the drag show in, another, in later episodes, yeah. Sometimes, and this is where the show could have gone deeper mm-hmm. if they weren't so distracted with the dance moms, mm-hmm. or if they explored this with the dance moms. Mm-hmm. Which is, I come from a very conservative Italian Catholic family. Yeah. When my parents saw discovered I was gay, it was as matter of fact as you can be. My mom, very much the way Justin described his mom, like almost too enthusiastic, mm-hmm. right? In my family, after I was already kind of established and out of the house, one of my three sisters came out as a lesbian. <gasps> and it did not go down a treat. Okay. It was like a drama. I mean, they eventually resolved things, Mm -hmm. but it was like, what? And for so many years, I used to think it was about gender. Mm -hmm. But then I realized, no, it's it's a bigger travesty if a little Italian Catholic boy is gay versus one of three girls. And girls are viewed as being disposable. Mm Mm-hmm. In Italian Catholic families, unless you're squeezing out kids, you're doing mm-hmm. like who even sees you. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but also, the difference between me and my sister was I was very successful, mm-hmm. and she was not. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of interest in families like families like his become deeply interested in reunion when one of the kids becomes hugely successful. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it was, you know, remember there's a point where he's like, you said I was an abomination. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what she thought when he wasn't a famous person. Yeah. But she's down with it now because in her mind, mm-hmm. he's famous, he's rich. What can he do for her? Mm-hmm. And they don't explore that. They don't explore the fact that some families, and I kind of get the vibe from watching this show, this family, mm-hmm. very willing to move past having not just a gay son, but a flamboyant, semi-drag queen of a son, mm-hmm. really willing to look past that because he's famous. Yeah. Because he's got coin. Yeah. Because if you get kicked out of your house, he's got a mansion. He could put you up. Mm-hmm. Because... Grandma will be like, well, he may be a big old faggot, but he a faggot with money. <laughs> that's your impression? Of that? that seems like an appropriate impression. That's good, right? Yeah, that's a good impression. I like it, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the thing is, my parents didn't find out I was gay until after I was already successful. Oh. And they were really, they were down with the get down, baby, because mm-hmm. I was touring with rock bands and I had money. Yeah. And I could give them money. Yeah. You know, and I was like, you know, I was already hanging out with like Stevie Nicks when yeah. I was, you know, in my late mid 20s. Mm-hmm. 
So they were like, yes, yes, our, our, our little gay boy. Look at yeah. him. He was on yeah. VH1 last week. He's mm-hmm. gay. Yeah, but he was on VH1 last week. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's an interesting story. And I, if I were to have another season of his show, mm-hmm. I would ditch the dance moms and tell the story of his life. Yeah, I agree. Because this queen has got a fascinating life. I agree with you. Now, let me ask you this question. So it seems like when you watch this, it really, really triggered you. Yeah, what what kind of advice would you give Justin about dealing with his family? Um, tell him to go away. Oh, interesting. But I haven't seen the rest of the season. I think sometimes, and and I I will tell you, it's not really a plot spoiler. That's not what happens. Um, you don't get nothing. The whole season ends on a cliffhanger, or yeah. ends on several cliffhangers. Oh, really? Because they're clearly banking on they're, they're banking on a second season. Mm-hmm. So hmm. that if there's there are at least three threads that are not resolved, and it's so frustrating that well, I don't want to kill give give you the worst the, the best punchline of the series, but mm-hmm. it happens in the last frame with Alyssa. All right. Um, but I think sometimes you have to – the only way you're going to be the person you need and want to be mm-hmm. is to let go of the person you used to be. Yeah. And not all of us – and this was a really – this was very much part of my process mm-hmm. and something that I – to people in my personal life for many years and don't get how you can be – live in the same state as your family mm-hmm. and not talk to them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some of us are come through families because that's the way we're supposed to find our way into this world. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to be with them. Some of us just have a vessel by which we come to exist. Yeah. And I think that's how I, I now view myself as that's me. I was never part of my family. Yeah. I can track through my entire life and I can say I was never part of that. Mm-hmm. I was really just supposed to be there until I was able to get out and take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And I look at him in this show, and that's what, you're right, the show triggered me a lot. Mm-hmm. And what I see him doing in this show is holding on because that's what a good Texas boy does. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to think of yourself as being alone in the world. Mm-hmm. Especially when, you know, I mean, he very famously, before this show broke up with the guy he was with for a long time. Oh, you know what's so funny is, is the, the co-host in the last show episode mentioned that. Do you know anything about his name was Marco? Marco, yeah. He broke up with Marco right before All-Stars 2 went on the air. Oh, really? Yes. Hmm. Because Marco wasn't down with the what was about to happen. In terms of like the fame of Alyssa Edwards? Yeah, because Alyssa, you know, went back to All-Stars 2 with a mission. Mm. And she clearly completed it because look at how well she's doing. Yeah. You know, remember, Alyssa, when Alyssa was with Marco, she was 50 pounds heavier. Oh, she was? She was 50 pounds heavier, bitch. Back rolls. She was the dance teacher who didn't. Back rolls. <laughs> yeah. She was, she was a lot heavier. She wasn't dancing as much. Mm-hmm. And she was all about this relationship. And then 
you know, she got a whisper that she might be doing All Stars, and she started having what she called her new life, her mm-hmm. new best life. Yeah. Where she got into fitness and exercise, and mm-hmm. she tracked a lot of it on social media, on Twitter, and on, I mean, on, on uh, Snapchat. And she became a queen with a mission. Mm. So, you know, she's, I mean, that's the story, bitch. That's the show I want to see. But I get it. Because one thing that I also was thinking about right before you called me Mm -hmm. is some of what probably irritates you about the show is what also irritates me about the show. Is that it's very homosexual 101. Yeah. And... You know, but you know, where you and I are both queens of a certain age, mm-hmm. and this I'm is a show that's born. not on Logo, this is a show that's on Netflix, and Netflix is obviously down with the get down, but mm-hmm. they're still bringing the idea of a drag queen having a life mm-hmm. with the makeup off to America, which has never seen that. Mm-hmm. So they kind of have to break it down in as gentle a way as possible. Yeah. And uh, so I hope that if they get a second season, it becomes a little bit more real. Mm-hmm. And we learn, we see more of the dating, we see more of the sisters, less of these, you know, these really obnoxious women who are just caricatures of dance moms. Yeah. The dancing stuff seems to be the, the least <laughs> interesting stuff. I mean, the personal stuff is, I mean, that's the stuff. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They, you know they did that dance, they did that date, and it just sort of just sort of threw it in there. Yeah, yeah. I will tell you now, plot spoiler: you never see him again. Ugh! Why'd you tell me? Because it was clear after. I mean, it was just like they dropped it like a hot potato. Yeah, I think. But I think because he was boring TV. Um. Okay, but the story of of what it's like to be a drag queen dating yeah that's a that's a that's a raging hot story. Do they ever go back to her dating? No. Oh, see that's that's a missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Huge, yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, but I really do like this show. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it's five days until Los Angeles. Um, Alyssa has tacos with Marcella and talks about the trouble she's having with the mothers. Next, we go to a yeah. Halloween party where the moms are actually complaining about Marcella's outfit. It's too sexy. Speaking to what you said, Larry, that they were jealous of her as a sexual hey. being, not necessarily because of what she did. Um, we also see JJ yeah. shows up. JJ is the little gay boy. Well, where I'm assuming he's gay. Uh, well, come on, look. Yeah, look. I'm. I'll, I'll listen. Sue me. Listen. You know, <laughs> sue me. Let's just let's just call her Shaka Khan. Yeah, of course, Gay Gay. So Gay Gay shows up in drag uh, as Alyssa Edwards, actually. Which you know, yeah. Alyssa was like, "Bitch, I want to <laughs> fucking suck your blood to steal your youth." Um, and then Alyssa comes out for the party, and they do a costume contest where actually Gay Gay wins for his Alyssa Edwards costume. Uh, a costume. Let's stop right here. Do you have anything to say about the moms, Marcella, the Halloween party, five days to LA? Anything? Um, anything here you want to talk about? I was, I was, I was ready for this part to come and go. Yeah, yeah, because I was, yeah, I, I, nothing. Uh, you know, to me, the the I, you know the feelings that I was having about the moms in relation to Marcella, like you said, validated in these scenes, mm-hmm. and I think that they. Again, they're trying to the narrative. They're trying to blur, the, uh, weave the narrative of his personal life with his 
Dan's life. Uh-huh. And I don't feel like it works. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, the next segment is they go, they actually fly to Los Angeles. They arrive at the hotel for the Art of Movement convention. The dancers are nervous yeah. and they compete in their solos. Um, did you have any thoughts on any of this? I mean, I was talking about this with the former co-host. I can't tell what's good and what's bad. And you also don't really see much of other well, people's solos. Like, in other words, from other schools. So no, I, I mean, I hair. just... Yeah, so I, to me, it looks like really wonky gymnastics. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. It doesn't look like dance to me. No. It's not my idea of what great dance is. So yeah. I don't understand it. And, you know, I'll just... Um, and that's going to have to be, you know, like I just look at this and I just think, well, what makes what makes what Willow did yeah. better than what than the the crazy, you know, the basket case white girl did? And maybe I couldn't because, tell the difference. Maybe it's because uh, he's the only guy. I will say you could tell a level of difference for Gabe. Uh, I couldn't tell you if it was good or yeah, bad, but, but I like think also, I think he also chose some more reasonably recognizable dance moves. I mean, it was just very kind of like, I kept laughing to myself, picturing Robin Williams going, Martha Graham, Martha Graham, Madonna, Madonna. It was very kind of almost satirical. Yeah. It was almost like a parody of dance as I was watching. I just kept, I did. I kept hearing Robin Williams do that. Yeah. Cause I can't, I can't tell what, I mean, I'm just a dummy. I can't tell what's good. You know, a lot of our younger listeners don't know who Robin Williams is. Isn't that sad? I made that up, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, look, they don't know who they don't know who Alanis Morissette is or anything. I don't know. That's only no. Started. You're right. I mean, so here's the thing, y'all. Google. Yeah. Get your life and learn and learn that there was actually comic genius long before Kevin Hart brought it down to well, where he brought it down to. <laughs> Which, by the way, I saw that Kevin Hart signed a, a development deal with Nickelodeon. That's the last pr- Kevin Hart. You know, he's here's the thing. He's such a nice guy. Mm-hmm. I could picture, you know, and kids really like him. Oh, they do. But they like him because they like, yeah, they, you know, well, they like, they like when he goes like this. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, he yeah. Plays to the fact that he's this little shouty guy. Mm-hmm. They like that. So, you know, they'll create some kind of, listen, that, that man is just cashing a check and I ain't mad. No, no. So the, he's the, a super nice dude, just not very talented. Yeah. The episode ends on a cliffhanger because we don't know how we're going to find out how they did. We'll find out in episode four. But Larry, let's wrap up here. Your thoughts on episode three? Any, any? Did, is there anything we missed? Anything you were like? I want to mention this about episode three. No, I feel like we. I feel like we were pretty thorough. I mean, you know, I, I'll just say again, as you know, like a broken record, that I like this show because I really am compelled by the lead character, mm-hmm. and I want to know more about him. And less about this weird group of townies. Mm-hmm. I don't care about them. Yeah, I don't care. Forget about them. I'm way more interested. I would love to see a show. Actually, if I'm going to get like backstory, mm-hmm. give me the backstory of the of the guys in his little circle. Yes, you don't. We don't really learn much look, about that. They look really colorful, yeah. really interesting. They look like good TV. Yeah. These these women are are cartoon characters of. of they make women look bad because all you want to do is point out their their physical imperfections yeah. to kind of snipe at them. Yeah, and that's not cool. It just yeah. It, uh, yeah. No, you're right. And also, but what you're speaking to is that there's two um, 
Um, you know, what I was thinking about when I was I was listening to um, the recap we did of episode one. There's a part where they're at the wedding. They're getting no, no. They're getting ready for the photo shoot. Maybe, yes, maybe it's for the photo shoot. Yeah, and they're all yes. chit chatting as they get ready. And I was just like, wait a minute, this is the photo shoot for the whatever for the pictures or whatever for this gay couple, and everyone's talking about Alyssa, like, yeah. it, like it's like Alyssa's wedding. Like they're treating her like she's the bride. But yes. the point I was going to make is though is there's two Justin lives. You know, Justin has two lives. There's one where he is yeah. this asexual being that runs this dance studio, according to the television show. And then there's the one where he's a gay man. And it feels like the show is afraid to focus on him as the gay man. Like, even you just said that they, yes. they don't ever come back to his romance, his love life ever again. They're, they want they basically want to will and grace him, where he's just this asexual being and who who's basically like the uh, the gay equivalent of the magical Negro. You know, where he's there to well, solve it's, it's very problems. boy George. It's very boy George and culture club during the 80s. It's yes. like, you know, very kind of like, you know, magnetic clowny kind of figure. Yes. The second his the second you see he's got testicles, you're going to run away. Yeah. But here's yeah. the thing. Yeah. That's very much. God help me for saying this, but that's very much the RuPaul brand. Yeah. It is. Because yeah. RuPaul's supermodel of the world was sexless. Mm-hmm. You know, RuPaul basically castrated herself because mm-hmm. RuPaul used to be this aggressive, gender fuck, mm-hmm. punk figure. Mm-hmm. And then she, she basically castrated herself, put on a wig and a pretty dress and became the supermodel. It's a very kind of like, it's a very kind of soft way of pre- bringing yourself to people who may not be down with it. And, you know, RuPaul's only now gradually starting to let people see more of who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, but he waited until he was infallible before he did that. Yeah. No, it's very RuPaul. And I don't, th- and I think the produce, I think the, the producers and Ru, who's an executive producer on this show, mm-hmm. are playing with the same playbook. They're using the same playbook for Alyssa. Yeah. And but they he- clearly see her as being bigger than any of the other queens to ever come out of this system. Yeah. Which is why they brought her to Netflix, not to wow presents mm-hmm. or to logo or to wherever Yeah, they brought her immediately to the biggest, the biggest game in business. Yeah. Well, let's end it on that life. Like Larry, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see you again for episode four, but, uh, yeah, you know, I'm actually going to go out on, um, this it's uh this is Alex Lefebvre doing um a piano solo version. Do you know this song? Yes. Jealous of my boogie. You can find Larry Flick on the Sirius XM <laughs> app uh, in depth. And as you can tell, we were going to do two episodes in one, and we spent an hour fifteen on one episode. So this this bitch goes in depth. So you can find it on the Sirius XM app. And you can also, if you go to Larry, Larry, what's your Twitter feed again? At Larry Flick. At Larry Flick. He has links to the, if you don't have Sirius XM, this will give you, convince you to join Sirius XM. Click on those links, listen to those interviews with Aquaria, Sharon Needles, and uh, who else? There's a third one. Shangela. Shangela, among all the other celebrities that he's also interviewing. 
So go ahead and do that. Um, and we'll see you next time for episode four of Dancing Queen. <laughs>